Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow those existing client relationships so your agency business can thrive. Hello and welcome to episode 93. If you're working in creative agency account management, then you know how essential it is to have a positive relationship with your creative director built on trust. So I've asked creative director Joey Tackett to join me today and discuss what's most important to him about working with account managers so we can see account management through the lens of the creative team. So Joey shares the key skills he believes account managers need to be respected by their creative team, where the relationship can break down and why, how he manages to diffuse any tension between the account manager and the creative team, and some useful tips for making your client presentations more impactful. Let's go over to the introduction now. Today, I have Joey Tackett. Joey is an award-winning creative director, coach, and speaker who helps agency leaders and consultants become confident and persuasive presenters. During his 23-year career, he has led creative teams at various size agencies, working on brands such as Target, Southwest, and CVS Health. He now leads his own agency called Hey Joey Studio, based in sunny LA. Welcome, Joey. Thank you so much. Yes, it's not so sunny in LA today, but normally it is. So happy to be with you today. I can imagine. So Joey, just give us a flavor of your background and your experience, particularly through the lens of working with account managers. Right. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this conversation because I have worked with account managers, dozens and dozens and dozens of them throughout my career. But I'll give a quick backstory of how I got here so people understand what I do. I am a visual designer by trade. I also studied journalism. So I started off in the creative space through the lens of content, both text, words, video, and visual design. And so that's how I came up the ranks in creative. And I think it's important to bring that to the conversation because there are different types of creative directors, some of which don't come up through the ranks. They're more business-minded and they're coming at creative with a different perspective. So I think it's worth noting in our conversation, I do the work, I know how to do the work. I'm the one that's jumping in at the 11th hour and helping people if needed. So that's worth noting. And so I've worked at various size agencies throughout my years, as well as running my own business two different times. So I did a smaller freelance business about 15 years ago. And the reason I jumped out of that was I wanted to get back into larger agency settings where I could learn the things we're going to talk about today. And those projects just weren't being built underneath my own umbrella. And I knew that I needed to be popped into some projects and to some bigger teams. And that was a great decision for me because it introduced me to so many great people and completely got me to where I am now. And so now I'm back out on my own with Hey Joey Studio doing more bespoke projects. So I am still doing creative consulting. I'm still doing video production and all those things, logos. But I'm also passionate about what we're talking about today, mentoring both creative people, people that work in the creative space to just make them more confident and ultimately create a better client experience. So that's what I'm really passionate about today after having done this for 23 years. Amazing. I know that you're going to share so many valuable insights. So let's start off by just getting your views on the following. What do you think is the most valuable contribution account managers bring to the creative process? Yes, great question. 
And I'm going to presume, I know I've listened to a lot of your episodes and I've worked with account managers as well. I know no one approaches account management quite the same. A lot of agencies are different. So that being said, I understand some of you are listening. You may just be doing account relationships. Some of you may be doing project management as well. I've worked with both types. Some people don't know exactly what the account manager role consists of. It's a catch-all term. So I wanted to put that out there that I've seen all of those things. And hopefully we can touch on some of those different buckets today. But at a high level, these things I think matter across the board, no matter which category you're in that I just described. So I think both understanding the client, which is the key part of the job, but also understanding your creative professionals as well. So it's a two-parter. I think that's really big. Understanding what you care about, what your ethos is with regard to how you approach creativity, what you need from the account manager. I think that's really important. And I think I've seen some situations where account managers stop at the client. They're very much advocating for the client, which is the job, a key part of it, though to get there and to be successful, you really need to understand the team you're working with as well, because then we can work together. So I think that's a big thing that some account managers have not come in the door with in agencies I've worked at. And I've had to coach them on that to help them understand if we listen to each other, we're going to create a better relationship. So I think that's the first one, understanding each other, both the client and the professional. And then also realizing this opportunity is huge. This opportunity to build an amazing client experience. And that's massive. And that involves a lot of things. And I think a lot of times when we get busy, I've done this myself as well. And I've seen account managers do it. They have too many accounts. The bottom line is screaming in our faces. The business metrics are screaming at us. And a lot of times the client experience gets left behind. I mean, there's this idea of relationship building, which is one thing, but what about all the experiences? Every time you're meeting with the client, the strategy sessions, how to really bring your team to those meetings in the most powerful way possible. So I think that is the biggest thing that account managers can bring to the table. So it's being part of that role, leading that, but also bringing the group together. That's when stuff really is magical. Mm, so true. Yeah. I mean, often I, I speak to hundreds of account managers and many complain that there's too many things going on. They're spinning multiple plates. So you've captured very well the scenario. So can you share some personal experiences where you've collaborated closely with an account manager or an account management team? And what was it for you that made that collaboration successful? Because I think it's important that everyone hears it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Yes. And I should say that if you haven't learned already on the podcast, in terms of how my style as a creative director, I come at things with empathy. I think empathy is really important. And so I'm always looking for ways to help people grow. So I'm going to share the experience from how I've solved the problem. But keeping in mind that you may be working with creative professionals that don't have that skill, or it's not top of mind, or honestly, they just may be creatives that aren't super social and they're not easy to work with. So I don't want to presume this is going to work for you. You may have a more challenging situation if the team is not willing to meet you where you are. That being said, I do think when things have been really amazing, I'm thinking of one particular account manager that I worked with actually more recently. And this account manager had worked, I think at smaller agencies before, got dropped into the agency uh, situation that we were in together and really understood how create creativity worked. Even though this account manager was not a creative professional individually, this idea of understanding the strategy, what went into making things possible. And the most important thing is this AM listened to what we said. 
understood what was important to honor the creative solution and to really make sure the client was happy. So this understanding that they needed us to really be there to make this possible. So what that actually tangibly looked like was in a successful situation, a trust was built. So we trusted this account manager to speak to the client on our behalf because we understood that this AM got what we cared about. So a couple things, like for example, we wanna make sure the integrity of the creative work is there, that you understand what changes we can't make. If we make these certain changes, it's going to uproot the creative integrity, things like that. We're also knowing when to bring us in. So being able to be that front lines person where it's not as the creative, I have to be on every call to make sure I'm staking my claim and to understand looking out for my best interests, it's more, no, we trust each other. And so there was that sense of understanding and it came from listening. So we saw that throughout the relationship. Every time we trained on something, we talked about something new, it became part of the AM's journey and how they approach the work. And I think that's really massive. So the themes there are listening to each other, being intuitive, really valuing that we're in a team together. And it's not just the account manager's decision and we have to take orders from the account manager. And I think that is really important because it created this symbiotic relationship and the entire team, not even just myself, all the creatives and all of the other people on the teams, because in some cases we were on a 10 person team, a five person team. Everyone was so excited to work with this AM because there was a sense of trust that was built. Interesting. I love that. And I suppose that particularly if, for example, Joey, you as the creative weren't going to be presenting the work yourself, for example, the account manager needed to go to the client meeting on their own with the creative work, then you felt confident that they'd really absorbed the strategy from your perspective, the context, the things that could be changed, couldn't, and why it would work. And I suppose what you're saying is that's what built the trust because you trusted them Mm -hmm. to listen to you and to transfer the information to the client. Right. Would you say that that is the exception to the rule or do you think that generally account managers are pretty, be honest? It's the exception. It's the exception. And I find that the account managers that are listening today, that whether it's your current role or your previous one, where you're juggling project management tasks. So maybe you're at a smaller agency, you're at a chaotic agency, both of which exist, and your job is not clearly defined. That creates a nightmare situation for everyone involved because you're juggling too many tasks and jumping between, you've talked about this on many of your episodes, so I won't go into all of that detail, but juggling those tasks are very different because relationship building and talking at a high level, visionary level is just a different side of your brain than this tactical checking, spelling, doing all of these types of things. And I think when you ask an account manager to do both of those at the same time, it creates a really stressful situation. And in turn, that stress gets projected on everyone on the team because nothing's being done quite well. They're running between things. And when we lose patience with our team members, it becomes really, really problematic because we start seeing the worst sides of ourselves. So I think that is the case that has happened in the past. Though I do have an example of another account manager that I had worked with that had been doing this a long time. And I had to do some coaching in this situation because we were running into some problems where, how do I say this in a way that helps you capture what was going on? There was a sense of paper pushing happening by this account manager. It was more, I'm doing the relationship thing. I have too many projects and I'm not looking at anything that's coming through. And part of this role was project management as well. So in the sales process, for example, we ran into a huge amount of problems because the team was extremely busy. I'm the one working, also supporting business development. And I ended up carrying a lot of the weight of that project. Things that the account manager, in my mind, should have been doing. And in fact, was part of that job description. 
So that was very problematic. But I think when calling it out and explaining, listen, it's not that I'm above this work or you're above this work. It's more when we get very busy, we need to understand which roles we're serving because somebody needs to be serving all of these roles. And what I find is a lot of times the account people, and this happens for project managers too, or account managers wearing the project manager hat, the creative work is just more fun. It's more fun than doing proposal writing sometimes and dealing with budgets and whatever. And I think it's very easy for them to get consumed in the creative bullpen, in theory, if you're in person or in the Zoom sessions, because it's more fun to talk about colors and fonts and expression. So I think it's just this natural thing. They get sucked into what we're doing. And then in turn, there's five people doing the work that three people should be doing. And no one's checking spelling. No one's writing the proposal. No one's really looking at the budget. And I think that was the example I had to say here. I said, we're really busy and I need you to do the tasks, no one else is doing what you're doing. Things like checking the name of the client in the proposal, making sure it's correct, making sure that we weren't asking them for things we already had, stuff like that. And I felt that that was problematic that I had to bring that up. But again, what I did do, and I'll share this now, and maybe we can talk more in detail. The way that I like to do this is how I approach creative projects as well. It's never a good situation in my experience in the agency world or any in life for that matter, to create me against you situation. So it's my opinion against yours. Jenny, we're fighting our battles and it's all about us and who's going to win. Because in the client world, the client needs to win. And it's not really about my ego or your ego or, or what we care about at that point. So for example, when I'm working on a branding project, for example, which is obviously a big agency deliverable, I never make it about we like this and the client likes that. It's always more about what do their clients care about? They're hiring us to solve a problem for their user, their buyer, their customer. And when we do that, what it does, it diffuses the conversation because we're talking about this objective third party over here that has opinions and they matter more than ours. And I think that trifecta makes a lot of sense. And I've tried to apply that to the account manager, project manager, and creative role as well. It's not about me and you fighting. It's more, we care about what the client cares about. And ultimately we all care about who's buying their product, right? Or who's engaging in their website or whatever the outcome is. And I think if we remember that, it diffuses the conversation. So in this particular example, I had to say that. I had to say, we've done a lot of really great strategy work with this client. We need to make sure that they know that we remember what we did. And we need this proposal to reflect everything that we decided on with them so that they felt like we were paying attention. Um, Mm -hmm. Does that resonate? And feel free to ask any questions on that. But that's how I've approached it not making it me against the account manager because it never is. I think it's a great concept. Just let's take the focus off us. What is the outcome that the client is trying to achieve for their customer? And that, as you say, diffuses anything. We're talking about this goal over here, which has got nothing to do with the dynamic between us. So I think it's a really good point well made. I wanted to talk to you about what you touched on a little while ago, which was adding value to the process. Because personally, I've worked with lots of creative directors. And one of the biggest complaints that I've heard is that an account manager isn't adding value to the process. And particularly, as you said, if they're wearing two hats and they're project management focused and they're very under pressure, it becomes a Like you said, you use the word paper pushing exercise. I know I'm going to take the concept or the first draft or whatever and just send it to the client. Like I'm not checking anything. I'm not looking at it through a different lens to everybody else. I'm not going back with any questions before I send it off. It's all about speed and efficiency. Is that resonating with you? You're nodding furiously. So I presume that that's resonating. Yes, absolutely. And I think agencies that really are missing big opportunities in this space are ones that aren't trying to fix this problem because it's easy to live in this chaotic 
land and say, this is just how the agencies run. This is who we are. Get on board or, or go somewhere else. True, we're making it work. Things are happening, but it's three times the amount of stress for everyone. And the client ultimately is paying the price of this. Either they're getting work that's not as good as it could be. They're paying more and not knowing it depending on how the agency figures out how to pay for this. But in turn, I think the account manager role is also frustrating when they don't feel they know what their role is either. And I think that's true. I mean, throughout the years of of various agencies I've worked at, it's always been a question of what is the role? It's been redefined several times at agencies I've worked at. They've moved things on the plate and off the plate and the level of business development support, where that falls, who's in charge of the business development. There's all these questions. And I think as a staff member, a leader on the agency team, you know, being client facing, it's very hard when your position keeps changing, when your expectations keep changing. So I think, again, with a view of empathy, I can understand the frustration. And I think this is more a message to people that are managing the account teams. How can you fix this for your agency? How can you really think about what we're talking about today and understand that if we make a really positive work experience here, everyone's going to win. And ultimately the client's going to win. So this starts to translate to some of the other things I talk about as you spoke in the beginning with the various things I've worked on and also this idea of helping people build confidence. This is it. This idea of an account manager going in with a confident stance and feeling like they're building a strong trust relationship with a client, this supports that because they know what their job description is and they also know then how they can excel at the job description. And I think that's really important. So it's, it's all about building trust at the end of the day because then the client spends more money with us. That's what we want. We want them to be successful because ultimately they're going to hire us for more things and it's going to be a long-term relationship. So I think the account manager is obviously central to that. Does that resonate, the lack of clarity? Yeah. I'm going to come back to your points about building confidence and having a strong stance and presenting yourself, because I know that's an area that you excel at. So I'm really keen to get your tips on that. But I just wanted to revisit the previous point that you said, because again, one of the things that I hear from team members or I have in my past, what does the account manager do anyway? You know, what are they actually doing? And right. They wear multiple hats. And if you listen to my past episodes, I've got a very clear process, but I think it's important not just for the account manager to have KPIs, but also for everyone in the agency to understand exactly what their role is. And going back to the sign-off process and as work passes through the account manager, I don't know about you, Joey, I know that you've got a load of experience working with agencies but I think the bigger agency the bigger network agencies I've worked with do that really really well they have a very defined sign-off process where every role that is mandated to sign it off needs to look at the work through the lens of their hat their role so I think process is really central to that I'm going to jump on now to what you just said which was building confidence strong stance Can you talk to us a bit about these presentation tips and Mm -hmm. ways that you coach people in how to hold themselves and how to present themselves? Because I think I can see from the way you're presenting yourself, it's very impactful, but how can you translate some of the stuff that you know for the audience? Right, right. That's a great question. Great one. And I can build on some of the themes that I've used in various trainings. Very specifically, the one that I created more recently earlier this year, which I'm excited about is called the Creative Pitch Masterclass. And it focuses on helping people learn how to sell specifically creative work or creative visionary work, if that makes sense, or selling a vision for how a problem could be solved. That's ultimately what it's talking about, but it's through the lens of creativity and the creative agency. And it was really great in this course because I know what resonated with people and I can share some of those things now of what was really big aha moments for people 
that didn't know how to do this. And various people were in the first cohort. It was not just designers. It was people doing account work, project managers, people that were peripheral to this creative design process that a lot of people think of. So I wanted to reference that by saying it is important and everyone's a key part of that. So I believe everyone plays a role in that client experience. Everyone that's client facing and even people that aren't are building that experience for the client because they don't pick and choose who they're listening to. If we think about all the experiences they have with us, they're looking at all the touch points. They're looking at the emails. They're looking at even our marketing material as the agency. They're really like dissecting things and building this perception based on us. So I think what we can control though is at the account manager and team level, imagining you're at a large agency, you don't control the marketing of the agency. What you can control is what I care about. You can control what you say to those clients every time you're communicating with them. And remembering, so I start off the masterclass with this in mind. It's not even about presentation skills to start. It's about understanding your client inside and out. And account managers are gonna have a great, I think, experience doing this. I can certainly share some more questions as part of the show notes, if that's good for you, about some of the other questions I like to ask. But it's digging into things like, understanding their life as much as they're willing to share with you, understanding their family, if they're willing to share that with you, where did they go to school? What do they care about? What is making sure that they keep job security intact? What are their visions as client professionals going forward? I think understanding all those things is important, but it's not just important for the account manager. And this is a job that the account manager can actually own. So they're building this primer along with everyone else. They're managing this document or it's in Salesforce or wherever you put it, and it's in there. And now here's the key difference that I like to do. The account manager can lead this meeting as well. Before big project check-ins, even before even smaller ones, when a team might be going in front of a client or even they're going on individually, review the primer. Read it like you would a morning meditation if any of you do meditation or affirmation statements. It's the same concept. Because you forget you have eight clients or 10 clients. You forget what this client actually cares about. And then when you can feel it, then you start to frame your conversation differently because you remember, oh yeah, they care about this. They love that. You can name drop things. You can drop topics they care about. That goes a long way. And I think that's what gets thrown out the window when we get very busy. So that's one tip that I like. It's this primer or this almost like this client POV, I call it, the point of view. It's like what they're where they're coming from. And then ultimately, then we can map that point of view to the client presentations and that's where the confidence gets built. So let's say your account manager is going in and doing even an informal presentation. Let's say they're doing an onboarding or we're doing a discovery session where we're learning things about the client. Now they have much more confidence because they're able to go in and understand, here's what we've learned so far. Here's what I wanna learn about the client. I'm gonna ask really good questions. And then we're building out this primer, right? And then now when you get to the big important things, like there's always a first big reveal, it's a new client, there's always a thing that you're revealing. It's whether it's the big website reveal, it's a strategy reveal, it's a logo design, whatever it is, that is like the mountaintop experience for the client. And that needs to go perfectly as much as you can, as close to perfect as possible. And so you need all players on deck for this. And so you have the primer, you're reviewing that. And then also I go into in the class as well, and I'm happy to dig into more that you find interesting here, how to curate the content based on those interests. So for example, when we're creating a website, maybe there's one, two or three concepts, could be true for a logo as well or a strategy approach. That is the way that I have trained people the way that I've done it for my entire agency life. That entire presentation to you is tailored for you. It is organized, it is curated based on what we care about. Second, first, what you care about. So for example, you're worried that the website's gonna break because the last time you worked on a website project, it broke and you 
got in trouble or whatever, that's scary for people. We want to make sure that never happens again. So the entire presentation is framed through that lens. So the concepts are great. They're good. That's cool. They will speak, but they don't speak for themselves. We want to translate to you why that really matters. And so the account manager is key for this process because you don't have to be the person that designed the solution. You need to be a representative for the solution. So hopefully that gives you some insight in some of the steps. So the way that I broke the masterclass out was actually that it was thinking like your client. The next step is curating. So it's really about connecting the dots and bringing features that you added to the solution together with what they care about. And then the third is really just building that narrative structure. And then the presentation or the conversation or the narrative starts to sell itself. Very interesting. Very yeah. nice. So their job is to gather the information, to really learn about the client, to ask the right questions, gather the insight, then develop this primer that informs the style, yeah. the content, the flow, the look and feel, the impact, how it's presented and the story for delivering that solution. What feedback do you get from people? Do people say, because I'm thinking in my head, okay, this is a very thorough approach. Okay. So no doubt about that. Some account managers might say, I don't have time to do that. Right. How do we help them overcome that challenge? Yeah. Yeah, It's a good point because almost everyone that I've worked with is busy beyond measure, even myself included on projects. And I think it's like a good exercise routine, which I know we all maybe love to hate and love at the same time or a diet or maintaining anything in our businesses or lives where we want to see steady progress, right? I think it's the same here. So it's not that you have to spend way too much energy in this. I think it's more understanding the milestones I just described to you. So understanding what you're doing and at least doing it in some bare bones way, because you don't have to spend three hours doing this primer. It's more having the intention to do it. That's the key. So for example, even when I've gotten very busy, And I do this with almost everything, including interviews like this or whatever. I always take a moment before the meeting. It's easy on Zoom because, you know, you're at your computer to shut my eyes and just think about for even 30 seconds, this is why I'm here. This is what we're doing. We're building trust with the client and we're here to make them understand how what we're sharing today is going to revolutionize how their workflow is. And so when you you say that, that took me, what, 10 seconds to say, I feel excited now to tell you about how we're going to do that. And I think it's that. So it does not have to be an hour. It could really be a 30 second centering activity that you and or your team does going in. I think that's big. Another thing you can do, another tip that I harp on all the time and what I talk a lot about in this masterclass is the agency world loves running things to the last minute. We love doing 11th hour pitch presentations and everything is so last minute. And though I understand how we get there and I understand that, yes, you can do a good presentation in that, it's way better when you aren't running to the last minute. So I kind of present this whole process where it's like, run your crazy work mode earlier in the process. So that's a five days or five weeks, it can condense, but you want to do it earlier in the process because you do not want to be thinking about right up until the moment I get on here with you, that I'm literally just been printing off things and saving files because it makes you frantic and it shows on everyone's face. So I think those are two things that could be really powerful. And I've often worked with account managers and project managers that do hold our feet to the fire on this to say, we must see the work the day before. Therefore, it creates this milestone check-in. And now the team can switch their thinking from creating, which I talk about in the class, to curating, to then actually selling or pitching the idea. Those are three different phases or three different hats that people often wear, or it could be three different roles in your agency. So the person that's actually curating the presentation needs to have a very objective view on, I'm not emotionally connected to these concepts. We need to pitch it to the client in the right way. And so they're being very 
critical. There's analysis there. And then the selling is completely different. And I can tell you from experience, when I have gone in into presentations, whether by myself or with teams, when we have been working on it up until that morning, it's crazy. It's not good. You sound frantic. No one knows how to help each other and support their messaging because you didn't have time to craft it. So that's my guidance. Two tips there that I think people could do quickly because we're never going to be perfect. It's not that you need to spend three weeks training before this and do it perfectly every time. It's more about the intention. Love it. What are your general principles about presenting? You've talked about the primer, getting the tone right, the look and feel, the impact, the message. But in terms of presentation skills, what are your principles? Is there a certain length that you think is usual? Who presents, who doesn't? What tips can you share from your experience of doing this? Oh, that's a, yes, times? that's a great question. And I realize some people listening may not have the ability to change some of these things. So I totally understand that. I realize some agencies are mandated from above outside of the account manager level that they either do take junior staff into meetings. Some don't, some take one person, some take five. There are different methodologies for agencies on how they approach that. And I respect all of the methodologies. The one that I believe works best is when you bring more people to the table and give more people on the team a chance to represent the narrative that you're presenting to the client. Because number one, it gives people a chance to learn and grow. It takes the pressure off of the account manager or the creative director, and you can mentor them after the meeting. You can teach them ways that they can help you. And in turn, now the client has five people to build trust with, not just two or one. And you've probably seen this as well in all of your work. Sometimes clients just gravitate to one person over another. And that's cool. That's fine. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can get that connection going, then the account manager can work with that to, it doesn't push them out of the way more. It creates a harmonious relationship. So therefore, if the trust is built with the developer, which often happens in projects, like I mentioned earlier, where the website came off the rails and they're freaking out, they want to talk to the developer. They want to talk to the technical project manager. They don't care as much about the visual design. Okay, fine. Let's stack the room with the account manager and the technical conduit, whomever that is, someone that can speak well about it. And that's how we would stage those meetings. Whereas if it's a design-focused presentation, we're doing more design-focused things. I think that's really important. So if you didn't already gather this from what I just shared, what I like to do with the actual presentation itself, this is speaking more when you're an account manager running a team. And then I can round out with an individual tip as well. But this is about you orchestrating the actual meeting or the actual presentation. It's thinking of it like a show, like a Broadway show. If you've seen a play or even movies do this to some degree, it's the idea of staging. So just because someone made something doesn't mean they have to speak about it. I don't believe in that model that it's like, you created the concept, Jenny, you're going to speak about yours and I'm going to speak about mine because it makes the client associate it with us. And now they're making one of us sad. Yeah, I've associated you with purple and they like purple, but they don't like red and mine is red, right? So now they don't want to tell me no. And so it's too intertwined. I think it's really great when you can come in and say, we believe this. And then now you speak to the things that the client's going to hear from you. And now I'm going to speak to the things the client are going to hear from me. So features, for example, we will often decide, okay, the account manager is going to speak about the strategy and frame the intro. Then I'm going to talk about the vision of the creative work. And then the designer is going to talk about the typefaces and color. You get the idea. And so that's awesome because now you're building trust through the lens of these very specific features and also these very specific skills. It's amazing because now the client can ask specific questions. But the more important thing is more people get in front of the client, more people grow, more people learn. And I believe you share this with me that that's good. That's what we want in our agency life. 
I think it is good. I think there's two schools of thought on it. Having worked in different agencies, some agencies decide to send the A team to win the business. So of course. they're your top presenters, send in the A team, they'll close the business and come back. I think also, Joey, I've got this love-hate relationship with the way we do business because I think it's as much about having a, a conversation as it is pitching ideas. I think a lot of us are addicted to the pitch. We've all mm-hmm. done all-nighters, the big reveal, which is great and it's exciting. But at the same time, I've been there enough to know that this business model that we have where we're selling our highest value thinking, and I think we don't qualify business opportunities enough. So it's probably one step before what we're talking about now, but Mm -hmm. that's probably another conversation with you. But I also wanted to go back to your views on the no-nos. Like you've had enough experience working with agency account managers throughout the years to know when things really irk you and Mm -hmm. upset you, or it's not going to be a good outcome. Talk to me about that. We've talked about the paper pushers, the ones that don't have value. They're not bringing anything to the party. They're too busy to really engage. They're not listening. What else are the no-nos that every account manager listening should be taking note of? Great, great question. Thank you for asking. And it leads to What I've talked about actually on some other podcasts recently and in other content I've created, which is it's really down to ego. And I'm going to say what I mean. And ego affects all of us, right? In any role, it could be the CEO. Creative people are notoriously branded, intertwined with the word ego in many cases. It's just the nature of the business. Some people perpetuate that. Some people want to run from it, but you've seen this. I mean, there's this feeling of whatever drives it, there's a sense of self-importance and a sense of I'm not a team player. I'm actually the star of the team and you should know that. So that's a bad vibe, but that also can play out, I think for account managers too, and other leaders on the team, when there's this feeling of it's not my job, that's your job. Or also this is the big one. And you asked me to be honest. So I'm going to say some of the things I've heard before with some really challenging account managers. Um, Well, great. Thanks for your ideas. This is my client and I'll figure out what we're going to show. Things like that, or, (laughs) or coming in and saying, Yeah, I love what you did, senior, managing, director, creative, whatever title I have, where I'm thinking, am I going to have to throw the title around to remind them that my opinion matters here as well? And you're telling me, great job on the concepts. These are the ones we're showing. So they put on this creative director role. And that's totally understandable if it's framed differently. It's not that your opinion doesn't matter. It's more this authority that you're exerting over the process, which never goes well because that's not how creative problem solving happens. So I think. The way to frame that would be, yeah, you may feel that you're in that role as an account manager and it is your job to do that. But you have to, I think, remember that the way you say it is really key. And also that you're going to get better work if you work with the players involved. And this is true for developers and technologists. This is not just true for creative, though I'm speaking through the lens of what I know best, which is that and creativity often gets blurred more because everyone believes they know about color. Everyone believes they know about aesthetic and it's subjective, or at least they see it as subjective. And it's, it's just not. And so hopefully that answers the question. I think just coming in with that framing of really trying to remove the sense of ego. And I talk a lot about that with content I've created for creatives as well. I think we need to fight against our ego in the space because it never ends well. Being the tyrant never works. It just doesn't. It may feel good in the moment, but it creates a really bad divide in the team. And I just think the client can sense that too. They can sense that we're against each other or we're fighting. We're not really on the same team. Love that. And I'm really glad you made that point. I think that's very honest. I've seen it myself and I absolutely 100% agree with you. That's where relationships fall down. At the end of the day, we're a team, aren't we? So we have to operate as one. What else? 
what else upsets you about working with account managers or that you've uh, heard of that you've witnessed? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it stems from that same belief. I think it stems from this idea that they are imagining that they are the expert in areas where maybe they aren't, or it comes sometimes from a good place. I think if you have a very driven business professional, no matter what role, there's this hunger to want to really sink your teeth into the job. And so if you get that type of personality in an account manager role, which is common because it's a manager, it's a leader, there can be this feeling of, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to come up with the answers because I don't want to look silly to the client. So in turn, they exert too much expertise because they have not been able to get the answers or they don't really want to try to find the answers. I don't know what the reasoning is, but the point is it creates this strategy person that's not really equipped to do it. And they're shutting out a lot of the people on the team that actually do know the answers. And in turn, they create a really messy situation because then you have either two options. You sell the client something that's broken, that doesn't honor the brand of the organization, or you know, isn't the best idea because the account manager said it, or you backpedal and everyone looks silly, right? Everyone looks silly. And that's very challenging to do that. And I think we've all probably been in that place, whether you meant to get there or not. And so that's why I try to share some ways, I think, of reasons why people get there. But hopefully you're working with really positive team members or people that are at least willing to have a conversation. And if they are, I think the account manager can speak to the creative director, the younger designers, the younger creative strategists, and just have these conversations and say, help me understand what you care about. Take them out for coffee. What is a good design to you? Like, it's really cool if you talk about it outside the framework of a project, because then it's not so polarizing because you're not talking about a specific thing, you're talking in concept. So those are some ways I think that account manager that may have made these mistakes could turn it around and realize that the client is going to build trust with whomever is in front of them. And even if you're convincing, what happens if you're saying the wrong things? I think everything that you've just said, I think is really true. I mean, you're trying to equally build trust and respect with your team as well as the client. And just all the points that you made, you know, having a curious mindset, listening, learning, being humble, getting to know your internal team is going to help you to build that trust and respect, isn't it? And your team will pull things out of the bag for you and support you, particularly when we're thrown in situations where We have to pull things around quickly. You are in the business of persuasion, persuading people to Mm -hmm. help you to get the job done. So yeah, really, really lovely points there, Joey. Let's switch gears a little bit because I'm curious to hear from your perspective. You're in LA now. You've got your studio. Mm -hmm. What do you see as the future of the creative agency industry? I know it's a big question, but what are some of the trends you're seeing? Anything that you're noticing Mm -hmm. around creativity, around agencies in general? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'll come back to the obvious one, the elephant in the room, because I am in LA where the SAG after a strike is happening with writers and actors. We'll come back to that in a moment because I think that's important of what's the impetus for that. But first I'll start with something that's not time bound, which was more, I think it started around COVID pandemic lockdown and those things, but I think it was even starting before, which is this, I think it's a resurgence because I've been doing this long enough to know that it comes in waves, but it's a resurgence of independent workers, individuals, freelancers, individual consultants, where clients seem to be more open, if not really hungry to work with smaller teams. And I think that is big because the agency comes and goes in terms of its popularity of do people want these big agencies of record? Do they want small? And I feel like now, definitely post-pandemic, definitely with Zoom being a possibility to work globally, I think that's huge. I'm seeing all these cohorts pop up. I'm seeing even agencies exploring that idea of, hey, you want to leave your employment? We'll just have you on as a cohort. 
you'll just be an independent contractor or whatever. That's way more popular than it was even a couple of years ago. And I think Zoom, the Zoom culture has created that. The lockdown culture started it, right? So I think that's big. And I think there's a huge amount of opportunity there because the agencies have to adapt. But I think the agencies can adapt by doing what I just said, working with individuals, working with smaller teams of specialists that aren't on staff, but are really able to bring really great expertise to the table. And it's just a huge opportunity for people that want to do their own thing. They have an entrepreneurial vibe and that's super exciting. So that's a trend that I've already started seeing pre-COVID. It definitely has continued to perpetuate. And it's big in Los Angeles, clearly, because this is the land of chasing your dreams and everyone seems to be doing non-traditional things. So that's huge. But let's actually come back to what I just mentioned about. So this writer strike and this actor strike, which is all stemming obviously from not to oversimplify it, but AI and this idea of the rights around AI and also the role of the creative, the role of the artist in the whole process. And I think though it's slightly different for what we're talking about because we're not producing as much fictitious work. Maybe you are, maybe many of your people are on here that are listening, but in most cases, I think people are probably creating solutions for clients. It's in this more real world, right? We're not creating films and things like that, but it still persists in that there's this belief very quickly when you look at, if you just scroll your social media, I'm sure you see this as well, ads for AI is going to change the world. AI can create a course for you. AI can make your life better. You don't need to think anymore. It's going to do all of it for you. So I think clients are going to start believing that or at least starting to question, is that true and is that possible? And so I think we have to be prepared. This involves the account manager as well. This isn't just the creative team. To explain that away, what does that mean? Where is our role? How does AI work in this? How are we monitoring it? So there's a huge amount. We could talk the whole podcast about AI, but I think it's important to note that I firmly believe that AI is not going to take over the creative space like many industries. It's not going to, but I think we're in this pendulum swing where everyone's super excited about it being automated and whatever. And you can do it. There are ways to do it. It's like you can go in there and create prototypes and concepts of people in different settings that you couldn't do before. And so I think we're, as creatives, are leaning into those things more of how can we use it in a way that streamlines the process, but reminding clients that the AI thing, the robot, is not a human. It doesn't have emotions. It has programmed emotions. And ultimately, I fundamentally believe, getting back to my presentation coaching and the passion there, people want to buy from people at least in our lifetime, where I want to see your eye contact. I want to know that you, as a human living a similar life to me, believe this is going to work. So there's that innate sense of trust that comes there that I just don't see a robot bringing to the table. It's an algorithm. And I think the algorithm can give us insights. So I think when I look at the creative industry and what's shifting, I think that might be what it is. I think the demand is going to be more for that pitching, that trust building, the account manager trust building. I think that is going to be huge because I think the design community might start to find that clients see them as a commodity for a little while. Like, well, the computer can do it all. My children can go make the concepts you normally would have taken two days to make. So why do I need you? And I think it, hopefully the pendulum will swing back and they'll remember, oh yeah, it was better when actually a human did it. So yeah, there's a lot of hype at the moment, isn't there? And like oh, you gosh, said, yes. So, so I wanted to give my view on it of what I think is happening and also how I'm using it and how people in my community and people I'm working with are using it. And that's it. It's more to say it's not going to take over, but we're in that moment where it's just the hype. So it's going to be overly focused on for a while. I agree. I agree. Joey, this has been really enlightening. Thank you so much for everything that yeah. you've shared. Who would you like to hear from and what's the best way of reaching you? Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to hear from any of your listeners that 
want more information, want more help, I'm happy to give you more guidance on what I've spoken about of how to work with creative people and how to do those things. So anything I mentioned, I'm certainly happy to speak about. I'm obviously on LinkedIn. So that's one of the biggest places that I can meet with people and you can message me on there. And also on my website, which is Joey Tackett with two T's, T-A-C-K-E-T-T.com forward slash Hey Joey is where um, you can go to and that gives ways to book a meeting with me to just get some more general information about good next steps. So those are the best ways people can get in touch with me. Wonderful. We'll put all of that in the show notes. Joey, thank you so much for joining me. This has been brilliant. Definitely. Thank you so much, Jenny. I hope you enjoyed the insights from my chat with Joey and perhaps have picked up some tips to help you in your account management role. Now, if you want to develop your account management skills, be seen less as a reactive order taker and more like a consultant by your clients, then check out the details of my nine-week account accelerator and one-week account booster programs. They're both on my website, accountmanagementskills.com. And I'm going to leave you with one of my account accelerator participants, Mia Burns. And Mia talks here about how the training has impacted her confidence. I look forward to chatting to you on the next one. Broadly speaking, I'm more confident and I feel like I'm approaching account management in a very different way. I feel like you've given me a new perspective on on account management, how to approach it, what account managers are, how to how to look better as an account manager, how to look more senior, how to carry myself in conversations, how to sit back and relax, sort of reflect more than just immediately trying to find solutions. I think it's it's kind of twofold. It's the like macro and then the micro. It's like the, how I feel now as an account manager, how, how I feel differently about like the profession and how to approach account management. And then also all the little things that you've given me that I can implement, even the business reviews or how to ask questions or how to structure meetings or all these things I can implement. But the bigger picture is confidence and feeling I understand the role of account managers far more.